And we're live. Yes. Oh, oh my God. Shirt on the wall. Yep. Yep. Everyone wants to see this shirt. Oh, no. Invalid. Invalid oh, password. No. You blew it. By back by popular demand, one of my shirts. The shirt. The, um, oh, that one. Uh, I think, yeah, Face is live. Vince has probably got sound and for a second. Mm. And what time is it? Five. Yes, Surely. that's where we go live. It's 5 p.m., is it? Oh, man. <laughs> live at 5 on Welcome. Thursday. It's Thursday. Today we're, you know, it's like the boxing day for Wild West Wednesday. Everyone's had a big one. Yeah, it's Looking like reco- down. recovery. Yeah. Recovery after a good good laugh. Yeah. Bit of a... A chuckle, yeah, yeah, hearty, hearty <laughs> from belly, the stomach, belly yeah. chuckle. Everyone had a good giggle yesterday, and now we're just sort of did getting back into did it. Just we have. I don't <laughs> care what anyone I said. I, said, I had a good time. Um, yeah. You said that your brother almost threw up. Yeah, he said he nearly threw up <laughs> <laughs> with no context. Just, <laughs> yeah, thanks, yeah. bro. Yeah, he could have eaten something, but I'm assuming it was to do with how funny we were. Um. Yeah, what did we do today? Today I did one of the most painful stretch sessions of my life. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I didn't stretch. <laughs> yep, so my legs hurt now. My back hurts less, which is positive. Peter Turk. Um, hey, Pete. You crazy kids. Crazy kids. <laughs> um, but, yeah, apart from that, it was we worked mostly on computers. And yeah, I was on my computer all day, really. My computer <laughs> is from the Stone Age. And... <laughs> Um, but it's the kind of computer that Fred Flintstone would be like, we need to upgrade. Even Fred Flintstone would do that. <laughs> Even Fred yeah. Flintstone, yeah, and he pedals his car. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I get on the pedal part for my computer just to turn it on. Mm, it's, like to, a, it's like a robotic to, hamster wheel. To, yeah, just to boot it up. So. Yeah. <laughs> my computer is a piece of shit, and, um, and I spent most of my day dealing with that. Mm, yeah, we were just waiting for it to type things. Yeah, yeah. had a pretty good um, session with a client, came in, I uh, got a PB on deficit dead, deadlifts, which was cool. Mm, very cool. Um, uh, worked on technique as well. And it was one of those sessions where this will sort of lead into our topic today, but it was one of those sessions where just a couple of minor adjustments to technique were all it took to um, to basically get what was previously unliftable mm. off the ground you know, and locked out. So um, it's... Yeah, it's always pretty good to see. One of my favorite things to see is is someone fail a lift but then try it again the second time, same weight and everything, do a couple of things differently, really focus on those those tiny little important things and be successful. Yeah, it's, it's very, very yeah, cool. It's, um, Being that person is potentially the only thing better. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I don't enjoy that because <laughs> that means I have, to, I have to lift it twice. Get it on the first try, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's my secret. <laughs> <laughs> that, but that leads us into our topic today, strength training for beginners. Yes. Um, yeah, all programs. I know there's some pretty standard programs that most people start yeah, with. Yeah, programming for strength for beginners. Yeah. Um, like I know I started on 5 or 5. Yeah. 5 or 5 was my first like strength program I, did, I think I did for like ages too, like yeah. a couple of years or something. I did 5 through 1 for like 8 years. I did that for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, my first one was... Just five or five all the time. Um, the one thing I will say before we sort of get into the nitty gritty of what you should be doing and what you should avoid and the kind of programs you should be looking for is strength training isn't just for people that want to lift weights competitively. No. It's not for people that just want to look good or want to look a certain way or, you know, want 
bigger biceps or bigger calves or whatever it might be. Strength training is for everyone, right? So strength training or resistance training, uh, it helps with things like bone density. It helps with flexibility. It helps with cardiovascular fitness. helps with aerobic capacity. It helps with a lot of different things. And you can modify the way you train against resistance almost endlessly, right? There's only, So when it comes to something like running, you know, there's only so much running you can do, right? There's only a, uh, 100% of your max. Like gradually over time, you'll get better. But when it comes to something like running, your body adapts to it and then it becomes quite good at running without needing to expend any excess energy, which is frustrating for people that might like to lose weight or uh, might want to develop a different aesthetic. So things like cardio-specific activities are great for cardio-specific things. So if you were like an Olympic rower or something, rowing is good. You should be rowing, right? (laughs) If you are a marathon runner, you should probably be running as part of your training. But if you don't like running, you do not have to run to lose weight. If you don't like rowing, you do not have to row to increase your aerobic capacity or increase your cardiovascular ability. There are other options, right? Um, however, you can't run or row your way to better bone density you know, very easily You can't, or certainly not full body bone density, right? Um, you can run your way to shin splints. But certainly, yeah, yeah. Um, but you and you can't row your way to making your life a shitload easier. You can't progressively overload something like that as, with as much variability as you can with resistance training, right? And you can't run your way to better flexibility. I mean, it's just it's very it's very hard to do, right? Because running, it's a set pattern. You know, it's a set motor pattern. Your body will do what it has to do to put one foot in front of the other and get, you know, um, get where you need to go. But when it comes to lifting weights, you can adjust things like range of motion or um, you can adjust load, tempo. You know, there's all these different factors that you can change. You can even change just the way you stand. For example, in a squat, you could do a close stance or a wide stance. You could do a hamstring dominant squat. You could do high box, no box. You could do... Um, tempo squats, you can do goblet squats. The list literally goes on fucking basically forever and people are always coming up with new ways to do this sort of stuff. Um, And the good thing about that much variance is when your body gets used to doing it one way and it stops losing fat or it stops making progress or you stop feeling good about that particular thing or you just get fucking bored, uh, you can change it. Whereas if you get bored of running, you know, many other options. Guess what? You can run backwards. <laughs> <laughs> you can run up a hill. Chuck some mirrors on your shoulders. And yeah. <laughs> backwards, man. Backwards. Uh, you could that? walk faster, and just, yeah. but never actually break out into a trot. <laughs> it's like a, a canter. Yeah. 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 So I like, and hopefully I'm portraying for you why strength tra- or resistance training, and it doesn't even need to be with traditional barbell or dumbbells no i think yeah resistance training is a better name for it because it's more encompassing as opposed to strength training we just think of meatheads in the gym yeah and we will probably narrow down into specifically strength training yeah because realistically once again you can probably only do so many push-ups you know and calisthenics is huge uh nowadays people call it you know functional fitness and how to manipulate your body weight and um and how to stay strong regardless of the environment you're in or how much equipment you have access to and these things are really handy to know 
when something like COVID happens. If you, if you, all you do is train with a barbell, when COVID rocks up and inevitably something is going to prevent you from getting into a gym at some point in your life, then it's game over for you. You don't know any better. You just go, oh, I've got no barbell. I can't get stronger. I can't mm. do the thing that I love. No, you just need to open your mind a little bit to different ways to develop strength, um, which can be done with things like bodyweight exercise, calisthenics. But the traditional barbell, dumbbells, I mean, even kettlebells, some kind of external load is generally the best way to develop, um, you know, progressively overload resistance training. When it comes to calisthenics or, or bodyweight work, you tend to have to be a bit more finicky about things like tempo or... I don't know, you could be doing pull-ups and then you're doing like these weird holds and stuff. And Yeah. Like, the, the progression is harder to track. Whereas if I gave you a five-kilo dumbbell and I said squat with this for a week and you go from 10 reps to 20 reps over the over that week, then I can say, okay, so you can see that you've improved. You only mm. got 10 reps here. You got 20 on Friday. I'm going to give you the 10-kilo dumbbell. Now go and do the same thing. And people can see in their hands the weight's going up. The reps are going up. They can visualize and clearly display progression. And that's something that you need if you want to stick with something. You know, if you stick with something and it's always the fucking same, you're just going to go, what's the fucking point of this? I'm wasting my time. Unless, yeah, you really, really enjoy Unless it. Unless you're obsessed with yeah, it. Yeah, you're obsessed. <laughs> yeah. But for the most part, people, and even the thing we're doing at the moment has been really fucking boring. Oh. Like, it's only a four-week program, but we're just doing these, like, 10 sets of how many reps was gone i don't want to be over it just hurts and it's boring <laughs> yeah. like it's just not as me even mentally stimulating as our normal sessions would be yeah and there's a purpose to us doing that etc um but if you don't have a purpose behind doing that and if we try to do this for extended period of time we'd get sick of it i'm already sure. done yeah like, yeah i'm over it. marshall's checked out it's broken yeah. my body i'm sick of it <laughs> fucking wasting my life mm. yeah um and so when we talk about strength training, it should be something that everyone is doing. So like I think about, you know, we've had questions from people that want to run marathons. We've had questions from people that I get clients that come in and say, oh, I want to improve my cardiovascular ability. I want to lose weight, you know. And generally the mind in an inexperienced person will go towards, oh, I should probably be running or. Well, know. it's also, yeah, inexperienced because they're just like, oh, just run to lose weight because yeah. that's a pretty common belief. And it's also it's running is much more accessible than any other kind of thing, except maybe push up some kind of body work stuff. Because yeah. you can just go outside and you go, Oh, let's go for a run. Yeah. And also if you say that you probably feel like you're doing something as well. Yeah. But I find running is also easier to avoid because you go, I can do this anytime. I'm not gonna do it now. Like I can eat I can Draining. always go outside Draining. and go for yeah. run. Yeah. Or oh I'm just my legs are sore or my knees are sore. No, I I can't, you know, and it's it's because with something like running or with, and I'm not trying to single out just running, but I think what, I, what I'm trying to say is when you don't have much variation, when there's not a lot of other options, um, if there's any reason to not do it, it's over, right? Um, for example, if I injure my knee and my primary method of fitness or you know training is running, then I'm done. I can't run because mm. my knee is injured. I have to do some kind of rehabilitation until I can run again. If I injure my knee but I have some kind of resistance training program in place or I'm well-versed in basic resistance training or strength training concepts, 
I can walk into a gym and that knee injury is not going to stop me from getting stronger. In fact, that knee injury could be my focus for three days of the week and I could do things that will not only help me recover from that knee injury but prevent it from happening again in future. You can't run your way out of a knee injury. Once you've got mm -hmm. it, you have to rehab until you can run again. However, you can lift your way out of most injuries. You can either do rehabilitation or prehabilitation, which prehabilitation isn't a real word. It's just like this sort of um, pro word in the fitness community that means doing rehab stuff before you get the injury so that the injury never happens. Mm. Um, and it can be as simple as, you know, I guess a good example is a lot of people get uh, bicep pain when they start to squat heavier because there's more force going through the elbows. And it might be a case of noticing that you're getting a little bit of inflammation in the biceps and then you do maybe some curls or you know some kind of rowing movement that engages that tendon a little bit more to help it bring its strength up so that it's not just getting busted up on the squat day, for example. Yeah, and a lot of um, as the research into just um, exercise physiology and physiology in general has advanced a lot. Pretty much all forms of sport are integrating some kind of resistance training yeah. now. Strength and conditioning. Strength and conditioning. Yeah. yeah. It's um, in, I guess, the professional world or the fitness world, um, strength and conditioning um, because of how beneficial it is for yeah. the body. Yeah. In no matter what you do, even if you solely run, you're just yeah. a sprint, even sprinters, whatever it is, they will generally have some kind of strength and conditioning yeah. in their programs because of the benefits that it, and the um, advan advancements in their own running ability just from doing yeah. something that isn't even running. Well, we look at like athletes these days and, I mean, I guess some common ones might be rugby if you're in Australia or NRL. Um, soccer is another one, AFL here. Or over in the States, you've got NFL, basketball is massive, baseball. All of these, all the top-level teams have strength and conditioning experts working with them um, and all of them will spend some time doing some kind of resistance work. Um, an example might be, did anyone, did you guys see that um, thing of Shaq doing squats, that video, and everyone just, might have been LeBron. No, I'm pretty sure it was Shaq doing squats. This and rings a bell. And they're like, they're quarter reps basically, and they just look pretty bad, right? Yeah, okay. To the, I guess, I don't want to say to the untrained eye, but... To your casual observer who has an image in their head of what we a squat all know, we all know what Marshall means when he says <laughs> who has an image of their head in their head of what a squat should look like, mm. and then they see this like pro basketballer basically going down this fucking far. He's got he's so tall, right? He's this huge yeah. man, and his legs are like this far apart, and he's just sort of like bopping yeah it's and it looks ridiculous yeah. but there's a reason for that the reason why basketballers primarily incorporate quarter squats into their program is because that's their jump range yeah movement, right they're only bending down you don't ask to grass your way to jump up and smack a ball I'm going for it. three yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> full, yeah like yeah the full squat and that would be impractical anyway i mean how many you don't see fucking NFL athletes like getting down into the full crouch to then like jump and, and I don't know, tackle whatever on the, I don't know what it's called, but when they fucking first do the hike and the two lines, the offensive and defensive, yeah. just smash into each other yeah. basically. They're not all in full squats. They're not, sit, they're not sitting on the grass. No. <laughs> waiting it's they're it's in, like toads staring yeah, at each other. They're yeah. basically in a quarter squat with and a crouch, and that crouch position has to be powerful mm. for them. And the way to make that crouch position powerful is 
high box squads. It's like, and that's almost a guarantee. Or you could do a high box squad or a quarter squad without the box, but high box squad is better. Um, but these people are doing strength training as well as whatever sports-specific conditioning they're doing. So an AFL athlete, for example, is going to spend a significant period of his time on the field practicing their position, right, mm. because there has to be some kind of specificity to their sport. But they also need to spend time developing muscular range of motion, muscular endurance, and muscular strength. And one of the best ways to do that is with weights. Especially the increased risk of injury in professional sports. Yeah. You have to have some kind of protection yeah. for your body, and that is muscle yeah. yeah well it's muscle and bone density mm. that's and so i want to make sure that we hammer on this for strength training for beginners one of the best things about resistance training is not that it makes you stronger it's that it makes your bones less prone to breaking and it makes your tendons less prone to snapping yeah and right. if anyone hasn't heard before um a common condition that people get when they're older is osteoporosis a bone condition yeah, extremely common for the women yeah very especially for women around um menopause yeah age and resistance training is very beneficial for preventing those kind of things or minimizing the effects they can have on the sufferer. Yeah. so for a really long time and we're sort of drifting a little bit but this stuff is important because you want to develop good habits when you're beginning whether you begin at age one i don't know if you should get a one-year-old under a bar <laughs> probably not well <laughs> I'm going to do it. You got 12 months of conditioning. Yeah. And then you give him a fucking barbell. Yeah. Here you go, 20 kilos. Go, kid. Go. <laughs> you, can eat, you can eat once you can lift yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> eat once you do a full round. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So one of, the, one of the best things about lifting and one of the things that's been around for so long is people will be like, oh, no, old people can't lift weights. Mm. They can't do it. Their bones are too brittle. They'll hurt themselves. And on the other side, you've got all these strength and conditioning people who weren't really taken very seriously by the medical community. <laughs> oh, those guys. Yeah. Yeah. They're all going, but lifting weights makes your bones not brittle. Mm. And, and the doctors are going, oh, no, we can't risk it. <laughs> we can't possibly take a chance on these old people. But, I mean. They've got at least good another two years of <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah. And, and, this is, and the reason this happened is because general population tend to think of weight training as like, what you see in popular media. You see mm. bodybuilders, maybe powerlifters. You see people online doing dumb shit. Generally, what you see when you see people doing resistance training is a barbell loaded up with a shitload of weights and some person just grinding through, whether it be like, I don't know, you see Arnie doing squats and he's smashing out like a set of 20 at 140 kilos or something. And it's, it's very impressive to see. But you make the correlation between this guy with these huge legs and he's making this weight move like it's nothing and you go, oh, no, you can't possibly put a 80-year-old woman under a bar like that and expect her to... And you wouldn't. Why would no, you? you not wouldn't? 140 kilos, <laughs> no. Because it would probably kill her. I think it would kill but, half the population. <laughs> <laughs> but the beauty of the barbell is the weight plates can be removed. So you can call one of your articles that, <laughs> Beauty of the Barbell. Yeah, oh, I might as well. <laughs> It's got a real ring erotic to it. novel yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just me and my barbell yeah <laughs> deadlift bar watching on with jealousy yeah <laughs> too much whipping you sorry deadlift bar yeah not today oh yeah not firm <laughs> enough for me um no, yeah gym, gym jokes, gym right? jokes. yeah fucking wrong? losers <laughs> and the beauty of the barbell just wrap, rolling back to that one <laughs> i'm gonna say it again many times <laughs> is that you can take the plates off right 
you might not have known this. <laughs> We're going strength training for real contrary beginners. Contrary to, yeah. to public knowledge. To, yeah, yeah, contrary to public knowledge. Well, the plate's just well yeah. yeah. Those things, it's not a set weight on that thing, right? So if, and you don't even have to use the fucking barbell, right? I had, no. We had like a 70-something-year-old woman in here talking, and I'm talking to her about um about doing what you would call sit to stance, but it's basically a box squat, but they just sit on a chair and stand back up again. And ideally you would get someone doing like someone of that age, if they've never done any kind of resistance training before, you'd get them doing like three sets of 10 where all they have to do is sit down and stand back up again so that they're really greasing that groove. After fucking like a week or two. You've come out with some bangers yeah. today. I'm telling you. Yeah. This is how I talk. Right? I'm writing these down. <laughs> After a week or two, you hand them like a two kilo dumbbell and you just get them to do the exact same thing. And it's not a lot of weight, but it's it's two kilos more than their bones are used to handling. So their bones adapt. And then fucking three weeks later, five kilo dumbbell. And progressively, you overload it. That's where progressive overload comes mm. from. Amazing. So you're going to have to trick them into taking a heavier weight. Like, hey, Grandma, can you hold this cake for me? <laughs> <laughs> can you hold this batch of fresh cookies? <laughs> If you have to trick them, <laughs> do it because <laughs> it's going to make them stronger. They're yeah. not going to break a hip. Do you want to have your grandma you for like 10 more years? Knit this weighted blanket. <laughs> yeah. Stand up. Sit sit down. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, we got to go. Stand up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've done this 60 times, yeah. grandson. Yeah. This is very impressive, grandma. Yeah. <laughs> That's a heavy blanket. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and the beauty of knitting the weighted blanket is as she got further through the blanket, it gets heavier. heavier. <laughs> We've right? come up with the perfect yeah. progressive overload tool yeah. for old people. For old people, yeah. Or knitting enthusiasts. Yeah. <laughs> knitting enthusiasts. Training for knitting. Change the name to training for knitting enthusiasts. <laughs> She's got so, those. What's the, I the whole untapped market there. Yeah. I'm sure there's a movie where... The grandma has the knitting needles with the balls of yarn on either end as dumbbells <laughs> and she's like <laughs> fucking repping them out, which, fuck, if that's a little bit more weight than what she's used to doing her bicep curls with, yeah. then go, grandma. Grandma's arms are ripped. Yeah, and <laughs> basically the, the whole point of it is you want to give somebody the ability to do something with just a little bit more weight or just a little bit more range of motion than what they normally do it with. Because when we do that, we protect them. So your joints don't get injured in the middle of the movement, right? This is, you know, for example, I mean, it's hard to tell. When I move my arm back and forth, this is not my like injury range, right? My injury range is here where my elbow is fully extended. If it pushes me any further than this, like anything, weight, whatever it might be, pushes me any further, I could break a tendon, you know, rip a tendon or the joint's going to suffer damage, the bone might break. Um, and right up close, similar thing, right, because the joint's fully closed. If you train to a full range of motion, then you're strengthening those end ranges. You're basic, and when you push your range of motion, which is known as flexibility, but you do it under load, you're effectively increasing the amount of space you have to work with where you are least likely to get an injury. So that's why you would do something like full range of motion squats rather than a partial range of motion. So if you're, and now we're starting to lead into strength training or resistance training for beginners, mm. is when you are beginning, you don't want to limit the range of motion. That's probably like point number one. 
is don't limit the range of motion as a beginner unless you're working around injuries. Yes, yeah, and a common theme obviously in gyms is as much weight as possible because you want to lift big weight Mm. and then people will take shortcuts which is just human behavior you just take the path of least resistance and especially when you want it for just ego boost yeah um and i can understand that to a point especially when you're new to a gym there's people lifting crazy weights to you as far as you're concerned in a gym you walk in there quite intimidated and you don't want to be the you know, for some reason, you have this fear that you're going to be the one that's going, oh, who the fuck guy. is this yeah, guy? Look at yeah. this guy. Just start now. Cute five kilo dumbbells. Yeah. Your mum bring those in for you? <laughs> <laughs> Your mum drop them off? Huh? Have you said this to people before? <laughs> no. This is awfully familiar. No, no. No idea what you're talking about. <laughs> really used to just bringing that insult out. Someone say that to you. No, never. I wouldn't dare. <laughs> um not with the weight of lifting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and that's why people don't want to be using the light because, and what they need to do is they need to go light and get everything correct and then they can look yeah. at going up. The weight should be last, realistically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the weight. So, the weight will come inevitably. Mm. The, because that's just the nature of getting stronger, right? You're in there to do resistance training or strength training, whatever it might be. Over time, your body's going to adapt. So, the weight is going to go up unless you fuck it up like so regardless of what you do if you try to stick with the principles of technique first full range of motion this is for beginners right i'm talking for you first walk into a gym or you've only been going for like two years or whatever technique first full range of motion and keep it light now if you stick Mm. to those principles then over time, the weight's just going to go up because you're going to get to a point where you're like, fuck, I'm getting really good at these perfect technique, full depth squats at just the bar. Mm. I might add 10 kilos and you go, oh, okay, there's a challenge again. Yeah. And that's like if you can, if you're, you're starting or you're, say, training with someone or coaching someone who's starting, if you can get all those fundamentals correct right from the start, you just save so much time Yeah. in future one retraining them and to injuries as well because they will come in some form and there's much less chance of them coming or at least coming less frequently if they've done everything right from the start yeah yeah and it i mean it's almost impossible to get everything right right from the start oh yeah and that's yeah and like you know there's no such thing as perfect but you want to get it as close to as possible that's what you're constantly chasing that and ideally you don't want to be scared of making mistakes because your body is much, much stronger than what you probably think it is. Unless you are, you know, you are 70 something years old with diagnosed osteoporosis, you know, or you've got a diagnosed medical condition like diabetes or, you know, a heart condition or something. Chances are your body can handle more than what you've ever put it through in your life. Like, um, that's, and that's one thing that we learned um, right from the start as infantry soldiers going through Singo is you can do much more than what you think you can do. Mm. Like you can walk further, you can carry more, and you can stay awake longer than you ever thought possible. <laughs> and obviously that's and not what you'll be doing in the gym. No, no one's, it's not a boot not. camp, yeah, but, but it's just the idea is that you can do a lot, you can work a lot harder. People are often surprised just how hard yeah. they can be pushed. And I think there's a lot of these words going around these days, things like overtraining and um, and recovery which don't get me wrong, these are real things. <laughs> recovery, <laughs> yeah. These are real things and they matter, right? But for 
for the average human being walking into a weight training gym for the very first time in their life, you are going to find it very, very difficult to overtrain. You would have to spend like three hours in there a day at like maximum intensity for like two weeks straight before you reach the point of overtraining because your body is like the muscle power that you inherently have is far greater than what you are capable of utilizing. So I've read, a, I was reading a couple of articles this week um, one of them goes into why uh, powerlifters are so much stronger than bodybuilders. So powerlifters get their strength primarily from the neural connection to their muscles, right? So their muscles don't need to get that much bigger, but what they need to do is develop a really efficient neural pathway between their brain and that muscle group. So if you want to lift really fucking heavy weights, you need to be able, your brain needs to be able to communicate with that muscle group perfectly for a significant period of time, right? So a really experienced powerlifter is probably using... 80 plus percent of the of the whole muscle you know fibers for one lift right your average human being is probably using less than 40 percent now these figures aren't studied but this is just sort of an example to try and give you guys uh you know a comparison between the average person walking in off the off the street and a powerlifter that's probably been training for 10 plus years right if that guy that has taken 10 year or girl has taken 10 years to get to a point where they can use 80 percent plus of the each muscle group when they're doing a squat or a bench or a deadlift and it's taken them that long you don't really need to worry too much about things like overtraining if you're still in your first year or two because chances are you're going to get tired long before your muscles are completely incapable of doing more. So you'll get in the gym and you'll do a one-hour session, for example, 45 minutes. Maybe it's an upper body session and you do, fuck, like three sets of 10 of bench press, lap pull-downs, some fucking arm work, I don't know, and some core. And it takes you 45 minutes and you go, fuck, I'm rooted. I've got nothing left. <laughs> That's your body going, we haven't done this before, so we weren't used to that. That's mm. not your body going, don't do that again, or I'm overtrained. I'm going to get injuries <laughs> if you do that again. No, it's just your body going, we're not used to this. What the fuck was that? Mm. You know, So it's going to take you a year or two of training just to get yourself to the point where you can push yourself to the absolute limit day after day, and then you can consider something like overtraining. So. And in line with that, we talk about making mistakes. Don't be afraid of making mistakes. What I'm getting at with this sort of line um, is that you shouldn't be afraid of doing too much. You shouldn't be afraid of fucking things up because everybody makes mistakes. Mm. Everybody has a point in their life, in their gym life, if you've been training for a significant period of time, where you do something stupid. Like, what was it, like two years ago, we did the squat and you fell backwards off the yeah. back of the... It, was, just... it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> it was last year. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, there's points where I completely miss the hooks. And, like, I've been squatting for fucking years and I don't. I still can't figure out where the hooks are on the rack. It's very scary. <laughs> like, <to watch>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, everybody fucks things up you know and sometimes equipment fucks up for you the other day one of the bands we were using just broke between dan's legs and like narrowly <laughs> narrowly missed some areas yeah <laughs> so and the gym although it can seem like a fairly judgmental place or an intimidating place because of the weights and the or maybe the grunting if you're in that kind of place or it can seem like a 
one of those things where everyone's watching you. I guarantee you they're not. No. And if it seems like people are watching you, it's because they're worried about themselves and what yeah. they're doing. They're worried they, they look like idiots. You know, Only so. self-conscious people look around at everyone else just going, oh, yeah. what's everyone doing? So, you know, and generally if you are in there for the right reasons, right, you're, you want to do strength training because you want the health benefits. Maybe you want some aesthetic benefits. Maybe... You, you just like lifting heavy. And most people that try strength training tend to like it. They tend to go, oh, this actually feels really good. Mm. I like being strong. I like not, you know, I like hurting in the gym so I don't have to hurt doing other things, you know. Um, then people go, oh, this is actually pretty fun. And you get this sense of achievement that it's very hard to get anywhere else because the way strength training works is your body adapts and then you make it a little bit more challenging and then you adapt so on and so forth and you constantly feel like you're making progress mm -hmm. right so if you focus on technique it can be very hard to go wrong really and you don't have to worry about what anybody else is doing because you're in there for you you know so it's one of those areas that you know as a beginner you tend to find that people are fairly self-conscious but they generally have no reason to be. Yeah, it's a much more supportive environment than people realize yeah. despite face value, um, I can understand. But, yeah, generally, and, again, if anyone does judge you, they're just a fuckwit. Yeah. And they're, they're in every group. Um, but otherwise, it's a very supportive environment and everyone's there to do the same thing. So why wouldn't it be? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, so I guess getting into some programs. Sure. Yeah, I would say the first thing about programs is it is better to have one than not. If and yeah. it is a very common early um, mistake to just go. I'll just go to the gym and do something. Figure do out when whatever. I get there. Yeah, and you will achieve. Like I want to say next to nothing. Yeah. Um, if you don't have a program, because if there's no struggle, if you go in there one, you're not really accountable to anything. If you have it written down, you're like, I need to achieve this. Yeah. If you don't, you'll go in there and be like, Oh, I can just do this and this, and it's done. You haven't really done that much. Yeah. And I, then and yeah. I used to go and um, I guess what I thought was planned was like I'd have the major muscle groups mm. on certain days and mm. that, but my reps and weights and that weren't really planned. Yeah. Mm. So that's still basically not having a program. Yeah. And yeah. that's very common. Like, oh yeah. I've, I have done it before going to yeah. the gym when I was younger and just gone like, Oh, I'll just figure something out. And I go in there yeah. and do two sets of random shit and then yeah. just leave. Yeah. <laughs> there's, so there's a couple of reasons why you want to avoid doing something like that. The first reason is you tend to gravitate towards the stuff you like. And if you only train the stuff you like, you are opening yourself up to some pretty big imbalances. So, skinny legs. Yeah, <laughs> skinny legs, for example. <laughs> Do you if, feel attacked, mate? If yeah. you don't like how squats feel, which chances are you won't because at the start they suck and then through the whole thing they suck. But you get better at them. <laughs> they suck they just a just Yeah. Um, then you won't do squats and you end up with all these people that just skip leg day because they don't like it, you know. <laughs> or um, so you open yourself up to those those pretty big imbalances, which is that's a path to injury, right? Imbalance isn't just, oh, you've got skinny legs. Imbalance is your upper body is much, much stronger than your lower body and then you go to lift something and you hurt your back because your back is not used to having to deal with mass up here and no mass down there, right? Um, another thing you want to try and avoid as a beginner when it comes to not having a plan mm. or not having a program is you're going to make gains regardless, right? As a, they call them newbie gains 
Um, and it's kind of like being on steroids because you've got all this growth hormone in your body and you're stimulating all these muscle groups finally and your body's just going, fuck yeah, I'm going to give all of the muscle, all the protein it needs and it's just going to get. So you're going to see a lot of progress very quickly, right? The problem with not having a plan is all that progress comes really quickly and mentally you develop this relationship with training that says, I don't need to have a plan to make progress, right? And then you hit your sticking point or the first plateau where the newbie gains are over. That tends to be, for someone with no program, probably happen around the 12-month mark, I'd say. Once you hit that, you're going to basically make no progress because your body's adapted uh, to that first wave of lifting. And you're going to feel like no matter what you do, you never make any progress. And then you're going to get over resistance training very fucking quickly. Mm. You're going to go, I'm wasting my time in here. I never make any progress. You might start developing injuries. Um, and you just go, this is a waste of my fucking time. I'm not doing this anymore. So if you'd started with a plan right from the start, you still get the newbie gains. That's great because everyone fucking gets them. But you learn that the plan has something to do with it and you get to the end of the 12 months and you go, okay, I'm going to take this plan, dial all the weights up, stick to it and voila, progress. Mm. So it's very valuable to start with the plan so that mentally you're developing this relationship with exercise, neurally you're making the connections where you go, this plan equals consistent progress, not no plan equals consistent progress. Yeah. So it's, it, it has a lot to do with your yeah mental relationship with exercise too mm, yeah definitely um also for a beginner i would say like we said earlier that it should be perfect technique um getting your range of motion That's down close to perfect as well possible. yeah so it's um, never gonna be perfect. it's never be perfect yeah getting good technique yeah good range of motion and start light yeah and honestly i would say for the first at least a year, it does not matter what program you do. As no, long as it is a balanced really. program, yeah, if you're a newbie, it does not matter. You can go in there and do a... start with small old. No, <laughs> don't smart, start with a program designed for people on roids, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, you can go in there and do three sets of 10, five exercises or three yeah, to five exercises um, and only train four times a week. Yeah. And you will see massive progress in the yeah. first year. And it doesn't matter if you're following those principles that we mentioned then you're going to be fine. Yeah. yeah. And the reason why you want to start with one of these programs that is literally written for beginners is because there is years of research and years of experience into the people that have written these. So uh, Jim Wendler wrote 531. Uh, Mark Ribito wrote Starting Strength, Starting which strength. I believe is also 5 by 5 Same thing. Yeah. Yep, same thing. Um, there's another, I mean, there's even, you could use someone like uh, Jane Blakely's four by six program or I mean there's a bunch of them out there right um and Mark Ribito is probably one of the most famous names in strength and conditioning um his book starting strength is like on almost every shelf in every strength and conditioning person's office yeah it's like the beginner strength bible yeah basically and like we could endlessly argue about the tips that he gives for squatting versus say Dave Tate or whatever but it's irrelevant because this program is designed for beginners right and it's designed for you to learn how to squat or bench or deadlift or whatever other exercises that you would like to do in the best way possible for a beginner you know these tips have been given to beginners for you know years basically and the rep schemes are 
really good for maximizing newbie gains, basically. Um, and that sort of leads into my next uh, thing that I want to talk about is volume. So one of the things that you need to do as a beginner starting strength training is get a lot of fucking reps in. Um, if you want to get good at benching, you can't just do one set each time you do a bench day, right? If you want to get good at squatting, you can't just do eight reps total, right? You have to, when you look at a program like five by five, I think you're doing maybe two squat sessions, two bench and two dead a week. Is that accurate? I'm pretty sure mm. it's on a three day rotation. Most likly. I or, think because, or it might have, um, it's overhead been a, press it as well. Yeah, it could do. I just can't say for sure because it's yeah. been so long since I've done we'll it. We'll go with 531 because I'm pretty familiar with 531. Mm. So 531 has four training days in a cycle. Um, it's got an overhead press day. It has a deadlift day, a squat day, and a bench press day. On those days, you are doing um, sets and reps of those particular exercises followed by sets and reps of um, some accessories, basically. Uh, the way that it's designed is for you to get as much, as many fucking reps as possible with that exercise. And that's not to do with things like hypertrophy, right? Which comes in later. Why say it like that? <laughs> I'm saying it like that because you should, as a beginner, you shouldn't be worried about things like hypertrophy. <laughs> because and, it'll happen anyway. Because yeah. it's happening anyway, right? You shouldn't be worried about things like explosive strength or max effort. Like these pro words that people will say to you and they go, oh, no, you should be squatting singles because that's mm. the best way to develop. No. As a beginner, you should be doing as many fucking reps as you possibly can with the best possible form that you can do of the basic lifts. Squat, bench, deadlift, strict press, right? Um, I will get to that in a in a second. Um, so for five through one, you will do three sets where you work up in weights. That's to give you progressive overload. You then follow that up with five sets of 10 reps of that exercise at 60% of your max. So the way that's desi designed is it's giving you like approximately 70 fucking reps of the bench press all at weights that you can lift safely with good technique. That's 70 reps once a week on the bench press, squat, deadlift, and strict press. And you do that for a year, you've got a shitload of fucking reps at really good technique because the weight is always very manageable. And your brain that whole time is going, this is how to bench properly. This is how to squat properly. So at the start, you might be a little bit unsure of the movements. We were talking about perfect technique before. Mm. Um, and if you're someone that sits and stands a lot through the day, if you're working in an office or whatever, your body probably wants to squat the way it sits down in a chair and stands up, which probably isn't the healthiest way to squat. So it's going to take you a little bit of time to get used to squatting properly. So you need those 70 reps a week so that your brain goes, oh, okay, I'm relearning how to sit down and stand up again through a full range of motion and your muscles are getting healthier. Your brain's making all those connections. The volume is what matters the most here. The volume at good technique. What does that say? Um, so Free said most beginners won't train four times a week for a year. They'll stop after two months-ish on average because they haven't made the progress they want to make. Um, and then because they're all brainwashed by YouTube, other platforms that tell you to get shredded with their plan in six weeks at max. Well, so like mm. correct, essentially. Like overall, generally, yeah. Because um, the misinformation of the fitness community is just rabid. 
and, like, um, and just mm. unrealistic expectations, just creating, and they're all designed to sell things because it's yeah, just like marketing. Six-week plans. Six-week programs, get abs in six weeks, 12-week challenge. Yeah, um, which we've addressed a lot of well, times yeah. here. And it is a, consistency matters. Yeah, you know? it's we're not sorry, about six weeks. Marshall will always just be like, it needs to be consistent, whatever he's talking about. And that's what we're saying over a year because we're assuming they're going to stick to it. We can't just be like, because we're not going to sit here and go, well, if you're going to stick to it six weeks, do this, because that's not how it works. Mm. It's not. Yeah. The, six weeks of resistance training is not going to give you bone density in your 70s, right? No. A lifetime of resist, resistance training will. Yeah. So throw your fucking six-week challenge in the bin, right? Yeah. And start doing something that is sustainable for a long term. Yeah. But, um, yes, you're absolutely right. People do have a tendency to do that because they want faster results, but it's not realistic and it needs to be said straight out get rid of that expectation yeah. and the people are lying to you, right? Yeah, the fitness industry is, um, so it's, I guess, like any other capitalist industry, is obsessed with making money, basically. Yeah. Um, and they found out very quickly that trying to sell somebody a program for three fucking years is not as easy or not as um, financially beneficial as selling them six-week challenges every six weeks for the next six years, mm. or three years. So you end up with, um, and look at, I mean, it's very easy to see when you look at things like fad diets and fad exercise. In the 70s, you had like that aerobic shit that people did in their living rooms. Mm, yeah. um, now we've got CrossFit, which I would argue is basically the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> um and realistically, it's basic. It's like um, it's a formula for mass-produced exercise, right? They want people to be doing this thing over and over again because it brings in money, you know. And they get to sell you on all the health benefits. Let's look at F45. It's a great example. It costs a fucking shitload of money, and it's a forty-five-minute uh, high-intensity interval training yeah. session or high-intensity session where you just do a circuit, right? And you do a circuit of whatever the fuck they want that day. It doesn't matter to them what progress you need to make right they just want you to do 45 minutes of jumping over a bench right that's the one i always see they yeah, just put their hands on the bench like yeah i did i did the bench when, when i went and done like a free week in the what was one. your experience like oh uh, like it just obviously wasn't for me but how did it make you feel <laughs> i felt like i was doing well yeah hit hit stuff yeah yeah i don't know and circuits are very popular, right? They're very accessible. You can cram a lot into a short space of time. In the military, circuit training was like one of the main things. Yeah, that they and did. circuit training works. Yeah, it like, does work. If, to it, an if extent, your goal it works is well. to like, um, like fellows and some muscle gain, like it's very, it's very useful. It does. It should be planned out. Like I think one of the coaches we met, um, he actually he had a method methodology when he made the programs, and he always had like a hip hinge, some kind of upper body yeah. press and a push. And he actually put thought into it, but it's quite easy, especially when you're mass producing exercise, to just go, let's just fucking lucky dip exercises out of this <laughs> yeah. hat and whatever it is, they're doing for 45 minutes. And programming is one of those things where, like, I spent half my fucking day today writing the first week of our next conjugate program, right? So you can spend a long fucking time on it. Or you can spend, I think, on my Cert 3 I, or our Cert 4 course, I could have a program written out in like under three minutes. Oh, yeah, bang. you can bang them out, yeah. <laughs> and, and this is a low, low price of $99. Yeah, you get, you get access, access to all yeah. of them, yeah. And all the low, low price of $0. I'll put yeah. them all online because they suck. Yeah. Um, and basically, the, the formula can be very simple. If they say, oh, I need a, a circuit, you know, you're going to do three rounds, you need to do minute on, minute off, or whatever it might be. The, the formula can stay the same. And like we said at the start, 
newbie gains, if you're a beginner lifter or you're looking to just get into strength training and somebody sells you on this like group environment that seems great and everyone's really supportive and you're doing fairly accessible exercises that, you know, are beginner friendly, like jumping over a fucking bench rather than getting under a squat bar, which could be scary and it hurts and, you know, you don't want to do it without a friend there to keep you safe or whatever it might be, then you you're going to go for the F45 option. And I'm just using F45 as an example. And F45 does work really well. Is for F45 some in the US? Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's probably yeah, it's where massive. it started. Mark it? Wahlberg um, yeah. got behind it oh, basically yeah. as a yeah. business deal because it's making and so it's, much money. It, it is huge, right? And in the fitness industry, it is an absolute goldmine, mm. right? Just like, um, you know, certain fad diets are a fucking goldmine basically because, you know, these people are going to tell you if you only eat this stuff, you know, you will get shredded as fuck or whatever it might, or you get healthier. And then they just sell you that stuff. And that's them making money off your new fad diet, right? Whereas, the, I mean, the secret to most nutrition, I mean, we've been into it before, is just balance. You know, eat things that grow on the ground and at one point had blood pumping around their body and you'll be fine. Yeah, well, Free said um, when I first started, I had the most problems with eating properly. Mm. Yeah, most people do because, yeah. like, if you enjoy going to the, if you enjoy training, that's not the problem. And for most people, it's not. Um, eating is a difficult part because, you know, like we've said a million times, there's one hour of training the day, there's 23 hours of eating properly. Yeah. Um, and it's much more difficult. And it takes, I would argue, for me, it's more effort to eat properly, eat properly. <laughs> speak properly. Prop you speak properly. Speak properly. It's much, yeah, it's much, <laughs> it's much harder to eat properly than it is for me to train properly. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and I would argue that that's just a habit because you've been training properly for over ten years, but yeah, you haven't been eating properly for all that long. Realistically, it's like off and on. Yeah, over and like that's my adult life. If you yeah. don't do it every single day, it's hard to make mm, it a habit. You yeah, know? if you continuously let yourself have the pizza or have the macas or whatever, and we all do it, but every time you let yourself do that, you're breaking that cycle in your mind that says, "Oh, we just eat steak and rice or mm. whatever it is," and your brain goes, oh, "Okay, so I'll just." Do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. Free said he was 140 pounds at 6'2 height at Jesus, 18 dude. when Holy I started. Legit. How much is that in kg? Like That's 60. like a feather. Yeah. yeah. Um, 65, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He said when I started well, was. 60 is 130. Was legit a yeah, skeleton. <laughs> uh, currently. What did you say? 145, he said? 140. Oh, okay. Yeah. He said currently I'm 195, still 6'2. And 20 years old. There so two go. years yeah. later. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Unless you just eat in Maccas. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. I would argue maybe not progress. Yeah, he said first started. I don't know if he means first yeah. started gym or first started eating. <laughs> Probably yeah. both, I guess, maybe. Yeah. Why not? Um, yeah, so when it comes to things like strength training for beginners, you do, have, you do have to be aware that the fitness industry is primarily out there to make money. Most of these places are businesses, right? And they if they want to keep providing the services that they do then they have to take money from you yeah right that's just how business works and it is very easy to fall into the trap right of if you're a small business say you have the best intentions like us i guess (laughs) we have really good intentions we want to help people right Mm. primarily veterans but we want to help as many people as we can but we know that to do that we need to stay afloat right we can't just do this for fun and hope that everything works out you know there needs to be money coming in the door so 
you know, as a small gym business, you go, oh, okay, I'm starting to get some memberships. People seem mm. to like this stuff, right? And they go, oh, people seem to really like my programs. Maybe I'll start to sell them. And then you go, oh, man, all these all this programming is hard. I'm just going to write one program and then sell it for the same price to mm. everyone. And then you get you fall deeper and deeper down into this hole of, you know, I'm going to do the least amount of work possible to, ma- to make the most amount of money. And that's capitalism, basically. Mm. But... You see that with things like commercial gyms where, you know, the the priority of the commercial gym is to get as many PTs in there paying them rent to hopefully have clients, right? Mm. The commercial gyms do not fucking really care whether that PT trains you properly. They just care that they're getting money mm. right? because the, the owner of the gym is a business person, right? They're really, you know, a golden-hearted fitness professional. <laughs> <laughs> and then look at it from the PT's side, as a PT in a commercial gym, they're saying you need to pay us $1,000 a week just to train people in this gym. So you need as many fucking clients as you possibly can to sign up to up to you for to make you that $1,000 a week plus whatever you need to fucking live, right? So they don't really care too much about you specifically as they care about filling their 10, 45-minute slots a day. And and I'm not trying to rag on all PTs. I'm just saying they're put in a pretty fucking shit position. Basically. Yeah, it's hard to. I think the dropout is quite high. Yeah. of um new PTs. They yeah, and this is in their, the commercial gym. Yeah, system. this is commercial in gym. Privately owned, uh, say strength gyms or you know more of like a family or small business operation. It it could be different, right? But with commercial gyms, which are all the fucking rage, they tend to have the best equipment. They have the biggest area, and you know you don't really get bothered when you're there. Then it's all about membership turnover and it's much easier. Like we said a little while ago, it is much, much easier for a PT to sell you on a six week program than it is for them to sit you down and go, look, if we want to make some real progress, you might have to be here for two to three years before Mm. we start to see real life changing progress. If somebody said to you, and you have to be really honest with yourself right now, if someone says to you, it's going to take you two to three years to get to where you want to go, are you going to tell them to fuck off? Mm. Are you going to go to the next PT that goes, I can get you there in six weeks, mm. mate, yeah. for sure. Easy. And then at the end of the six weeks, they go, look, we're almost there. We just have a little bit more work to do. Sign up for my other six weeks and we'll we'll smash it as hard as we can. I guarantee yeah, you're we'll, going to get a bit closer. Well, especially we'll do the advanced six yeah, weeks. Yeah, well, especially then, depending on what... What the fuck do you think is going to happen in another six weeks' time? <laughs> and depending you on know? what your goal is. And because if you're aware of fitness to some extent, like an average PT is... It's not hard to convince someone they've made progress in six weeks. No. And they, they would have made some progress. Like all you have to do is yeah. fix up their technique a little bit. They'll get stronger regardless. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have to be physically stronger. They're just doing it better. So they're more <laughs> efficient the and they'll get the weight up. Yeah. And then because they're working out and maybe you've said just try and eat a little bit better, yeah. there will be, there should be something. They don't have to, Peter doesn't have to do anything except say maybe two sentences. And yeah. ideally the person's lost even a couple of kilos. Yeah. And they're because like, they're look doing how well more you, look, activity than yeah, they were before. Look how well you've done. Basic science. I okay. think the best thing one probably good thing about them is accountability yes if you've got yes. someone yeah that's so, probably the oh, only and oh, another topic i've got in here is what are the benefits of coaches and we'll no, go into yeah. that another time i yeah. think because there's yeah. like undoubtedly yeah um benefits to having a coach we're in the last six minutes yeah. now. oh geez i do want to say that it's turned into sort of like a rag on the commercial <laughs> fitness yeah. industry Those fuckers, which, yeah. honestly i i'm I have like a passionate and burning hatred for most of the fitness industry, <laughs> right? And I'm a part of it. I'm sitting here going, fuck everyone else, uh, they suck. Because most of the time they get caught in this trap of, I just need to make money. 
you know, and they generally start out with good intentions, but it's very easy to fulfill some very baseline requirements, especially in Australia where there's not a lot of demand, like not a lot of expectation for you to be an expert in your field. There's just enough demand for you to be, I mean, average at your job. Mm. So you don't have to be a great fucking coach. You just have to motivate people. Um, Free said, I have a gym in my garage, nothing special, but I'm not home nine to ten months a year because I work as a deckhand on a oh, super yacht. Hectic. Oh, yeah, wow. <laughs> Man, at least it's at a least sick a, tan. Oh, That's the most at least the yacht has a proper gym on the deck. I've trained on a boat before. Very hard. Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, <laughs> that's the, sex, that's the sexiest shit I've ever heard, though. I mean, it's like swabbing decks out there and yeah. probably beautiful women sunbathing. Sure. Just and, then he's, women. And, then he's, and then he's swabbing beautiful women. He's probably in the Navy or something. No, if it's a on a super commercial, yacht, on a super oh, yeah, yacht, yeah. Super yacht would you? yeah, um, yeah. So, like, as much as I have, you know, this huge amount of hatred for most of the fit- fitness industry, it's not really the PT's fault. It's the commercial gym that sets certain expectations financially and then provides the fucking bare minimum, you know, level of training for these people. Um, what I do want to say is, you know. Point number one, as we're sort of wrapping this up, is have some very realistic expectations of strength training. If you are going to get into strength training, which I would recommend that every single person, regardless of your age, does, know that it is something that you should do for the rest of your life, right? It is not a six-week thing. It's not 12 weeks. It's not 12 months, right? There's going to be setbacks. It's going to be hard. It's not always fun, but it is extremely beneficial. It, you know, works on things like, like we talked about before, bone density, tendon strength. It's not just about making your muscles stronger. It helps with posture. It helps with your overall health. It lowers your heart rate. It helps with blood pressure, right? The list is fucking endless. Um, it also, if you're an athlete and you're not doing strength training, it's going to make you better at whatever chosen athlete thing that you do. Mm. Athletic. Athletic. <laughs> activity yeah um if you're a runner you should be doing strength training for your legs to avoid things like shin splints like even um like super like race car drivers yeah yeah training and yeah one of our powerlifting coach mate trains Mm. supercar drivers so um (laughs) and on top of that it you know it should be staple part of your, your week is dedicated to some kind of resistance training, right? Even if your goal is just fat loss, it is scientifically proven that resistance training is better for fat loss than, say, a cardiovascular activity. Cardiovascular activity is great for your cardiovascular health, but if you want to lose weight, you're going to burn more calories in the gym, right? Yeah. Um, Guess to sign up for an actual beginner looking for programming, first 12 months, focus on good technique, Good range of motion, light weights. Light weights. Doesn't matter what program you do. Have a program. Have some kind of structure yeah. and a goal. Twelve months. Look at it. If you need, if you want to coach, let's go say, for it. Let's say full range of motion. What did I say? Good. Oh, okay. Have, well, that's yeah. You oh, should be your, your goal <laughs> yeah. should be the full range. Yeah, of motion. go full as because deep as possible, as fully extended as possible. Because at at the start, it won't be full. You'll go. This is good enough, right? But good enough is full depth or you know because that's gonna have the most benefit to the joints and stuff but yeah yeah i agree yeah cool all right so thank you for everyone that's listened we've ragged on commercial gyms and yep. spoken a little bit fuck about em. beginner program <laughs> <laughs> fuck them yeah <laughs> um, we're ambul training and development we do live at 5 p.m every monday to friday we'll be back tomorrow for tropical show fridays yeah yeah it's come around again Long already yeah shit love it 
Um, we also have our podcast where Marshall and we, so all of us go over articles Marshall and I have written in the past. Um, we have all the live at fives and we also have one about what Anvil is and what we do. If you'd like to check those out, we're on Apple Music and Spotify on the Hardware Anvil TD podcast. And we're also on YouTube. Our channel is Anvil Training Development. Thank you for everyone that's joined in or watched or watches later. We appreciate all of you and we'll catch everyone that joins in tomorrow at 5 p.m. Thanks for the follow free. Thank you very much. Um...